The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. PJ Conrad joins us. As we look at the markets today, uh, soybeans got a little bit of a turnaround Tuesday action. Yesterday was pretty rough on them, and they kind of fought their way back today to finish into some positive numbers. Yeah, they did. It was a really encouraging day. I think the biggest thing to take away from that, you know, yesterday we knocked it so low, and we kind of went below some of those moving averages, and we got it back today, and we're back above there. So hopefully that holds support. I think, you know, as far as yesterday's price action goes, more than anything, it's probably a little bit of squaring fund issues going into this G20 summit on Friday or Saturday, I guess, um, where they're going to sit down and talk. So we'll see what comes of that. I mean, obviously, if soybeans, if we get something done, inevitably we're going to see a pop. Now, how long does that pop last with good world, good weather in Brazil and also a large carryout in the U.S.? I mean, a lot of that's been digested. But at what point do we go back and look at that again? If there is a trade deal done, that's probably the biggest thing looming over us. And also just seasonality of beans not really being overall uh, exciting here for the next 30 days before the new year. You know, it's, it seems like this G20 summit has got more excitement building into it and a lot of what is than a USDA report. It does, and it's funny. I think you can, uh, I mean, obviously it makes our jobs a little bit more fun because it's something to talk about. And I think you look and say, on one hand, Trump seems optimistic. On the other hand, uh, Kudlow doesn't seem maybe nearly as optimistic. And then you throw in the wild card, even if we get something done, who's to say China even abides by those rules anyways? So it's just it's a lot of long time coming, right? I mean, we needed to get sit down and get and have a talk about it, and hopefully positivity moves us forward. And it's going to be a wild week, and that open on Sunday night should be a fun one to watch. I mean, uh, we'll see what it brings, but you got to have faith that at some point we're going to get something done or beans are going to, we're going to rework the way beans move. And then to this point, that's kind of what we've done. So, yeah, it's, it's more, I think, probably more important than a USDA report. That being said, we might get less out of it than a USDA report, too. Which uh, sounds like anticipation has already kind of been working into that regard. Yeah, I mean, there's so much built up around these. And it's every, you know, I think a lot of that is Trump built into that himself, too, and saying, tweeting stuff and openly talking about how he wants to get something done. So you kind of add to the excitement. And yeah, that's just the kind of president he is. He's going to add to that and make it more polarizing. So we'll see what it brings. But I think op- optimistically, you want to see something get done. But does that really change our carryout scenario or our demand scenario moving forward in the next eight months? Probably not. But it does put us in a better position in the 19 crop and hopefully uh, relieve some of this western corn and bean belt basis on the beans and gets a little bit better there. We look at the uh, weekly crop progress report that came out. No surprise that we're sitting at about 94% on this harvest progress. I saw a lot of Twitter videos of guys out there just trying to get these soybeans done, snow or no snow. They were out there pushing. It's crazy to think we still have that much, you know, 5 to 6% doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, I think it is the most that we've had left unharvested at this point in the year. You know, as far as what that means to the markets, who knows? I feel bad for all the guys out there that still have stuff in the field and are trying to grind through it because it's just you got this snow, and that kind of hit a lot of the major growing areas in cold weather, and I think everyone's ready to 
turn the page on the 18 crop and start thinking about 19 and how they're going to market the rest of their 18 that's in the bin or in the elevator. With that being said, do you anticipate uh, an adjustment in numbers from the USDA because of the amount that has been in the field and, and still sits there, both corn and soybeans? You know, I, I've been thinking about that, Susan. Just you know, I, uh, One would argue or wonder how much of that is taken into account on, say, our unharvested acres that we have every year. You know, what, does the USDA give us a little bit of uh, say lip there where we have a little bit of cushion? Um, maybe they adjust it lower. You know, they have the last couple. So that trend typically will move through to the Jan report or December report and then Jan report. So I think you could argue we see a continued lower yield. You know, the caveat that is going to be if we see a lower yield, do we see a higher ending stock number due to lower export demand, too, if they keep adding to that number as time goes on as well. Well, speaking of exports, I wanted to get your thoughts on South America because we know that they, they will be shortly having beans within the next couple of months. What type of pressure, continued pressure, are we going to see coming from them? Because our lack of trade definitely has been at the forefront. Yeah, I think that's going to be probably the hardest part as far as trying to get soybeans to sustain any kind of rally would be the fact that we're going to, no matter if we get a trade deal done or not, we're competing with South America for export business in the short term. And so I think, you know, their, their currencies have decreased roughly 2 to 3% here in the last few weeks, and, and soybeans obviously have somewhat reflected that. Um, as far as price of export, you know, I think we're relatively competitive there. It's just really going to come down to, you know, their harvest basis and harvest prices are going to be lower than ours. So our demand probably goes away, which it typically does this time of year, you know, once their harvest starts. So to think that's going to change, it probably doesn't, but you kind of move past. Hopefully China tries to overbuy themselves or buy a bunch and get through it where they try to run South America out of beans faster and they have to come to the U.S. sooner than previous years. Is there some excessive rain that's been talked about in Brazil or is it not as bad as some are, in, are thinking it is? I think it's spotty, I guess, from what I've heard um, and read from some weather guys. is Yes, there is some excessive rain in spots, but that's very centralized. Uh, you know, it's uh, we're not talking an entire, say, U.S. state. Um, I think it's about like, you know, you go through our growing season and we get heavy rains in, say, northern Iowa. It feels like a big deal at the time, but mm -hmm. rain makes grain. And, it, you know, maybe our, their yields are going to take their top end off. I think we probably did this year in some spots, but we were still... The alternative is drought, and drought is obviously a lot harder to combat than any kind of uh, wet weather scare or flooding scenario. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. We'll take a look at some happenings in the corn market and then jump over to the livestock trade as well. It's been a snowy, cold day, so, of course, that's going to be a focus as well from the livestock market. Stick around. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as PJ Conrad joins us with Trade-Offs. We look at the markets from a corn perspective, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, on the ethanol margins. I know we've seen some improvements going on in there. Are we going to continue as we hit the month of December and finish out this year? Oh, man, I hope so, Susan. You know, I think I kind of confirmed today, I guess, you know, a lot of rumors, and maybe you've talked about this already, but there was talk last week that... Um, Green Plains and Wood River was shut down for the month of December. Um, I talked to grain buyers and no, they are open and showing a bid for the month of December. So we'll see what that brings. You know, it kind of goes back to the deal that margins probably are obviously aren't good. Um, 
and if margins aren't good, you still need to keep your plant running, but you're not going to run at full tilt either. So maybe that kind of sparked the rumor that hit out there, and I think actually Reuters reported on it, and I'd heard they got in a little bit of trouble, but I, it is what it is. As far as margins improving, I mean, <clears throat> you look at the corn market and you look at the oil market, and they kind of mimic each other in a certain, obviously oil's had a harder drop, um, but corn's fell, fell back with it. Something's got to give in this ethanol deal, and I think that's why I think is going to help it is time. You know, as these plants idle back 10%, 15%, whatever the number is, they're going to be producing less ethanol. We're still still exporting, so it's not like that's gone away. We're just sitting on a lot of ethanol stocks. So it's like maybe we get through six months of this marketing year, and all of a sudden we ramp back up because our stocks have rolled over enough. So that's kind of the hope in my mind is, a short-term fix probably isn't there, but a longer-term sustained thing, maybe an end-of-the-year type of push in the ethanol markets would be huge to get this ethanol back profitability-wise and, and keep them healthy because we need them equally as bad. Well, these DDG prices continue to remain on the poor side, and that's got to be, I mean, that's always kind of been the little profit niche for these ethanol plants. Well, that's, uh, I saw somebody say, when are we going to start saying that the ethanol is the byproduct of DDGs. Right. So, you know, it's kind of one of those deals that we need, the DDGs need to be able to be there and the distillers need to be there profitability-wise while these ethanol plants are struggling to make money on the ethanol side. It's kind of the yin and the yang of it. And hopefully these cattle guys can keep humming out profits and keep getting more on feed because every little bit of demand is going to help as we move into the second half of this well, the beginning of 2019 and the full kind of marketing year of 2018-19 crop. Let's switch over and talk about that cattle market. We have had blizzards move through the upper Midwest as it continues to move eastward. Do you see that having any effect on the way the feeder cattle market's been trading for those cattle in the, in the lots? You know, <laughs> cattle tend to, or will tend to move lower this time of year for about the next two weeks. You know, I think cash remains strong. You start looking out some of these deferred months and think if you're uh, a feeder and you've got cattle on feed and you're looking saying, I got, uh, what, April at 122.77, the high of that market's 124.92. So what do you mean? I don't think we're going to put in new highs here. Even if cash remains strong, the basis will do the work. And like you said, with this you know, winter mix coming in, guys aren't going to want to move much. And also, you know, cattle aren't gaining as well. So... It's going to be a fine mix here. I personally feel like, you know, moving forward, we could see more downside than upside, especially after the price action last week. You know, we kind of bottomed out maybe two weeks ago, rallied off, and especially then that uh, cattle on feed report shot us higher. But we haven't seen any sustained rally on, after that cattle on feed, really. Typically a sign we're going to go back and retest some of those. Is the demand going to be there, though, for the product into the end of the year? I think so. I mean, you know, obviously it's not uh, peak demand season, but we're also consuming more. And China's kind of, I mean, obviously we had a trade war with them, but we're exporting more as well. I mean, demand's hunting strong even during time frames that maybe haven't been as strong a demand. So that's kind of we got to hopefully hang our hat on as we move through the next 60 days, that demand remains strong and our basis remains strong to make up for some futures, uh, lower, you know, lower futures here. What are your thoughts on the hogs? I mean, activity has been on the quiet side for them already this week. Yeah, it has. Uh, hogs have been really quiet. I think you look at hogs and, and same type of deal with cattle. It's not really a great demand scenario. But 
that seems like every week we get something new of how big that Chinese swine fever was or swine flu. And you just wonder at what point does that trickle back to the American producer and we start exporting more of that. And so maybe that's the play long term that we're exporting more pork than we are soybeans to our counterparts overseas. And that'd be, if we can bring things back domestically and that's how we solve a problem, that's fine, but we need the demand in, in one way or another. Anything else that we need to really kind of focus on as we finish out the rest of this week? Yeah, I think biggest thing is look for your targets here on uh, corn and soybeans. I think corn is probably a slower-moving beast, and the way the last seven days have gone, we broke below the 100-day moving average and the 50-day moving average, and so that, those become resistance levels on the way back up. So you're looking at March at 380. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, PJ? You can call at 402-858-7529 or uh, check us out online at gotradeoffs.com or Tradeoffs LLC on any uh, social media platform. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.